Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Tobin. Kathy. We're back in people's podcast feeds. It is like we never even left. (laughs) We've got some very special bonus episodes. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be revisiting some of our favorite episodes from our first two seasons. And then we're going to check back in with the people we had on Nancy to see what's changed since they were on the show. And up first, we check back in with my close personal friend, Mm -hmm. Lena Waithe. Mm -hmm. You're going to keep this going forever, aren't you? Always, Tobin. We are very, very good friends. Anyway, (laughs) things have blown up for Lena since the two of you talked, which was just before the start of season two of Master of None. Denise! What up, dummies? We're debating what I should do about this whole Alice situation, you know? I texted her about her schedule. It's been two days. I haven't heard anything back. She doesn't like you, man. I gotta crush my dreams. So here's some of that interview with Lena. Then, after the break, I check back in with her on everything that's gone down since we last talked. Let's talk about Master of None. Yeah. Um, where does uh, Lena end and Denise <laughs> begin? Oh, man. I mean, well, the big difference, I think, um, between Denise and myself is that I am I have a girlfriend. I'm in a committed relationship. And I think that definitely affects my life and, like, my going out life and my, my work life, my social mm-hmm. life, all that kind of stuff. So that's a big thing, you know. Although we kind of play with, you get to see Denise with some girls, you know, uh, this yeah. season, which is fun. But... It's like she doesn't yet have like a steady girl. Who knows? There may be there may be something <laughs> that they may build off of or bring a particular girl back in season three. But if there is a season three, I don't know. I can't confirm or deny. But um, <laughs> I literally can't. People keep asking me. I'm like, you got to ask because he's that question. But you know, that's I think is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. In season one, there's a scene where Denise says that she can turn a straight girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a personal experience? Here's the thing. <laughs> I I like a challenge in my younger years. I do. But also, too, I come off like, you know, I, I'm that person that's dating someone who <laughs> I'm the first girl she's ever dated, the girl I'm with. Mm-hmm. But I do say this. I think straight women are sometimes enamored by, I think, lesbian women because I think they're a little like intrigued. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's interesting. And also particularly, I think, soft studs in particular, where it's like, oh, you're not completely masculine, but you have masculine energy, but you're a woman. And like, that's interesting to me. And I think it kind of confuses them in a, in a cool, yeah. interesting way. And, yeah. I, and I don't think one has to always take advantage of it, but I definitely get a kick out of it because I think sometimes they're kind of like, I don't know, should I be flirting with you? Or should I like, <laughs> now? What, what, what am I... Is this, is this inappropriate? What's happening? Because they're feeling a masculine energy, but they're with a woman, and it just kind of it throws them off, which I kind of dig. I kind of like. Yeah. But, you know, and in my younger years, I would play with it. But, like, now I'm like— <laughs> Denise no. definitely plays with it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And Denise is a character that is kind of fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you have this responsibility— of being like the the real lesbian on TV. <laughs> I know. Um, it's interesting because I don't I don't believe in representing myself in a in a certain way to make people feel comfortable or to make or or I should do certain things you know to make the community feel proud so to speak. But I think the best um, revolutionary act I can commit is to be myself, mm-hmm. my authentic self, and to you know, not protect that character of Denise, but to always make sure she's honest and human. I think it's interesting that because I'm in the middle, um, comfortably so, 
I think there's something where people can kind of go, oh, I haven't seen that before. I didn't even know uh, what a soft stud was or if that even existed. Um, right. And so for me, I think that's really exciting is that we can show people and say, yes, and I know I'm not alone. There's a lot of us um, where we just kind of like, we're a little bit masculine, a little bit feminine, and that's where we live. It's a, it's a cool thing for me to be in the public eye because folks can kind of look at that and go, huh, because I'm sort of almost a reflection of, the, of themselves. Yeah. I was just thinking last night also that Denise is a really popular character, but she's like a supporting character in Master of None. Mm -hmm. And for her popularity to be this large, Mm -hmm. there's like an audience for it and a hunger for it. Oh, yeah. Why don't we get to see that more often? I know. I'm, you know, trying to work toward, you know, (laughs) getting something that, you know, speaks to that. And I've been working at it for a long while. Yeah. Um, But I think we're closer. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, But I also have other stories in me that have to deal with me being a Black queer woman and, like, living in Los Angeles and having a lot of straight girlfriends, you know, who are my homies. Um, Because a lot of my friends, it's interesting, like, I don't have that many lesbian friends. You know, I have most women in my life are straight black women or gay guys. Because I have definitely the personality of a gay man more than somebody would say, oh, you're yeah, the person, which, who knows, whatever that quote-unquote personality is of a lesbian. <laughs> but I just, for whatever reason, I just kind of gravitate toward them, they gravitate toward me. And straight women love my black ass for some reason. <laughs> so to me, I also want to show that. like, Because I think there's this idea, and this is no shade to the L word, but it was like, just all these lesbians hanging out with, with other lesbians or even like the real L word where it was like all these lesbian community. And the funny thing is I never fit into that community. I've oh, never yeah. been either. that girl, yeah. you know, and um, and I don't know if it's because one, I don't drink, you know, mm. I don't fit into that. Mm. And, um, and even though there is a particular, there's a quote unquote category for what I fall into, but even those girls, I'm not, I see them, I follow them on Instagram. It's so funny because I look at them and go like, yeah, like, I don't think we would, you know, have that much fun hanging out together, even though right. we're all, like, soft studs or whatever, like, because there's also this element, which I see, and I don't really, it doesn't really speak to me, is this idea of sort of, like, studs or soft studs or whatever, sort of acting like, you know, some of these whack, like, rappers or some of these, like, sort of just their idea of what masculinity is, you know, and this whole thing about objectifying women and, like, you know, being a little bit materialistic and, like, a look at me and working out and being just da-da-da, all this kind yeah. of stuff. And I'm just sort of like, huh, okay. And there's this thing of, you know, you see men trying to prove their manhood yeah. and you see very masculine women trying to do it even more. You know, That's true. you see dudes That's sort of true. making up for their what they're missing or lacking, quote unquote, in their pants. And the women really are like, we don't have anything in our pants. So we're really trying to go hardcore. <laughs> and I just, I don't, and I don't mean to generalize whatever, but I'm just, I see elements of that sometimes in the yeah. community. And I just kind of think like, wow, like, that's what we're doing now? Like, we don't want to be that, you know? Like, and I, I see it, but I'm fascinated by it. And I want to explore that, too, of, like, a character that's looking at these women going, like, what's up? What are we doing? In a real way, in an honest way, in an interesting way. And again, and that's something that we have not seen on TV. And no. it's not an easy story to tell. It's very complicated. Because somebody could view it as, like, oh, well, she, you self-hating. Like, you you like them. It's like, no, we're one and the same, but we aren't. You know? Yeah, I think people tend to want to just put people into boxes and right. just, yeah, it, and it's always more complicated than, so complicated, than what you see. Particularly within the gay community, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just got really deep on that, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's something that was on my spirit. So there's a hashtag you've used before, uh, Black Hollywood So Straight. Mm, <laughs> Can mm-hmm. you kind of unpack that for me a little bit? I mean, how much time do we have? No, um, no I mean, I think uh, for me— and look, people can be on their own journey. They can do them. You know, this is this is how I choose to live my life and present myself. But you look at Black Hollywood, right? Yeah. Pouring athletes and, you know, whatever, you know, too. 
how many of them are out or gay? How many of them identify as gay? Hmm. It's like me, Wanda <laughs> Sykes, Samira, Orange the New Black, um, RuPaul, Justin Simeon identifies. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, he's mm-hmm. like, he's out, you know. Yep. So that's about, if we could think on more, but like. A handful. And how many, like, well-known black people are, are out there, there in the world? Lots. The numbers, they don't add up. Oh, we got to give it to Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean is also very oh, right. out and right, proud right, right. and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and that's the other thing, too. It's like there are certain these R&B singers that I know for a fact are not who they present themselves to be. And then you look at and they're not even that successful. They're out here trying to be, like, singing to women and doing all this bullshit. And you're like, dude, like, what? Like, that's not—you don't even look—they don't even look right. And then you have Frank, who, if he dropped the album right now, the world would stop. Yeah. People would be like, oh, shit, Mm -hmm. Uh uh-oh, Frank got another album out. I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's why he's successful. I think he's successful. I, I love his music. Even if he wasn't gay, I'd be like, he's dope. Yeah. Um, or, or identified as bisexual. I, I would think he's dope. But that's the thing. It's like what they don't they don't equate living your truth with success. It's ridiculous. And why? Um, that's a bigger question. You know, um, I think it's still a thing about I think black people have this thing about keeping up with the Joneses and appearances and like how people perceive them and I think there's also this thing particularly with men you know that if you're gay you're weak mm. if you're a black les- if you're a lesbian you're weird mm. you know and I think for some people can look at it and go like being a black woman is hard enough being a black man is hard enough why yeah. do I want to add to it right. Um, right but I look at it in a different way is that like how awesome that I have this other thing that's in my life that makes me that much more special or honestly that much more interesting yeah so yeah I don't know but I, I know I do intend on being out as fuck, yeah. proud as fuck, yes. <laughs> and um, because I think it kind of makes those people that are living double lives uncomfortable. And there's nothing I'd rather do is to make that person a little uncomfortable. So after Kathy and Lena recorded this conversation, Master of None season two came out. People loved it, especially the Thanksgiving episode written by Lena. And she ended up becoming the first ever woman of color to win an Emmy for comedy writing. After the break, Kathy finds out what her quote unquote close personal friend has been up to. Yes, we are. So after our interview, Master of None Season 2 started airing, and it had this amazing episode in it that focused on Lena's character, Denise. It was about her family and coming out, and the whole thing took place over many different Thanksgivings growing up. So how'd it go? Well, it was my all-time favorite conversation with my mom. She cried, though. But at least she didn't disown me. Could that be happening? So... I guess it was a success. It was so good. So good. Lena also co-wrote that episode and then won the Emmy. The speech she gave, I had so many tears. And last but certainly not least, my LGBTQIA family. I see each and every one of you. The things that make us different, those are our superpowers. Every day when you walk out the door, put on your imaginary cape and go out there and conquer the world because the world would not be as beautiful as it is if we weren't in it. And then just last month, I was back in my hometown of Los Angeles for Work It, which is the women's only podcast festival produced by WNYC. 
Anyway, so while I was there, guess who I happened to run into? Go ahead, guess. Is it Lena? It was Lena. <laughs> we met up in the studio and talked about our lives, her Emmy, and the new TV show she's making all about life on Chicago's South Side. Lena, Waith, back in a studio yeah. with me again at Work It. Always. Um, so, like, just a few things have happened since we talked last. A few couple things. Yeah. Couple things. I mean, a wonderful thing happened. Uh-huh. Um, I got nominated for an award. Yeah. And I won. <laughs> And it was pretty cool. You said that like it wasn't even a, a big deal. <laughs> it was the Emmys. It's a really big deal, you know. Um, it was it was phenomenal. It's, it's it was an experience I'll never forget. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it was it was a moment in time, you know, where I got the chance to open up a door that had honestly been had been it had been kicked for many, many years, decades. Yeah. So that way it was, when I got to it, it was easy for me to sort of like push it down with my pinky, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so for me, it was really about sharing that moment with not just women of color who write in comedy, but also the queer community because yeah. they're the ones that I think, especially people who are queer people of color, really, 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 you know, hooked into that episode. And so I always told, I really want to thank them and uh, because it remind them that because I'm a queer brown woman is why I was standing on the stage. If I yeah. didn't have that story to tell, I wouldn't have an, a script to write or Emmy to win, period. So I just want to remind them that, you know, all those things about them that they that the world may tell them makes them a second class citizen mm-hmm. actually propels them to the front lines of, of you know, of culture and, and everything that's cool. And does it does it sort of like reaffirm how you just gotta keep putting yourself out there? Does it kind of affirm um like if you write about your experiences and you put it out there, people will like with they'll watch and they'll like it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the more vulnerable you are, the better. You know, I mm. think the more honest you are, the better. Because the truth is, even if that's not somebody's experience, they can feel my spirit. They can feel the humanness. They can feel the fear. They can feel the anxiety of having to come out to my parent, even if they've never come out before. They yeah. know what it's like to want to be accepted, to want to be loved, particularly by your family, people you love the most. Mm-hmm. So I just think because I just kind of got real and we, we we made it really raw, I think there was something so potent about it that people couldn't help but connect to my story, even if their story didn't look like mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last time we talked, uh, mm-hmm. I was single. Mm-hmm. And um, privately, we were, you were like, you were going to find me a girlfriend. But in the interim, I know I kind of got into a thing. Uh, you did. A long distance thing. I've been in those. Yeah. What What would be your uh, top two, three pieces of advice? Oh, for the long distance of it all? Yeah. You got to text or talk every day. You yeah. don't get the luxury of like going a day or whatever. I mean, like me and my girlfriend are, for the most part, always in the same room, but we still text <laughs> all the time. So that's even if you're not you know, long distance. But I would say definitely texting, calling, FaceTiming is also super important. Yeah. Um, you know, and also, too, I think figuring out ways to do special things for that person, even though you aren't in the same city. I know there was, I go, have to go away for work a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, some, I find myself sometimes in a long distance relationship. But there was one point I was um, in Chicago actually working on the Showtime show, The Shy, which will be on Showtime early next year. Stay tuned. Nice. Uh, I was in Chicago filming the pilot. And, uh, 
I saw a t- tickets for like a, a concert of an artist that my girlfriend really likes. He was playing in Los Angeles. He's going to be playing in Los Angeles at the Forum. Yeah. And so I just like got tickets for, I got two tickets for her so she could take a friend. And, um, and they went and I, well, I couldn't be there. I would have loved to have gone with her. But I was like, yo, take, take whatever favorite homie you want to take and go and it'll be a night on me. And so it's almost like a date night that, you know, I'm sort yeah. of there in spirit. And she had the most, it, it's honestly, I kind of feel back because she's like, it's the most fun she's ever had in her life. <laughs> and my black ass wasn't there. Uh, but I just, I saw, I was like, yo, I'm gonna get her tickets. You know, that's yeah. a cool thing. You have all the moves. Man, just, you know, you just gotta, you gotta treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what projects are you working on now that you're super excited about? I mean, the biggest one is really The Shine. The shine. You know, um, I'm excited. We're sort of doing, we're wrapping up little posts and doing some odds and ends, all that kind of stuff. But we're really happy with what we got. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air, you know, and Showtime has been a fantastic partner. Common is executive producing with me. Uh-huh. It's Chicago as hell, you know, and I'm just like, you know, chewing on things and helping produce people's stuff and all that good stuff. Are you going to be in Master of None season three? I don't know if there is going to be a season three. What? That's a question for Aziz. Oh, Aziz, if, if answer us. He's got to let me know if it's going to be a season three and when or where he wants me to show up. But yeah, I mean, me and Aziz has been talking, but we haven't really talked about a season three. We sort of just talking about life and oh, okay. silliness and, you know, all that good stuff. But if there is one, I'm going to be there with bells on. I, I love those guys. It's such a fun time hanging out with them. We really enjoy making the show. Uh, I might pop up in season two of Dear White People. That's all Ooh, I can say. Okay. Uh, stay tuned. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it's like for me, I just like kind of having fun with my friends and, and helping them with what they got going on. And so it'll be 2018 will be a good year. It'll be okay. a busy year. That's awesome. Um, Tobin likes to make fun of me about this, but I like to think of you as a close personal friend of mine. That's totally fine. You can believe Thank that. Thank you, Lena. Come on. Yeah, Tobin. Tobin. Come God. on, dog. We text. We, she and I text, man. <laughs> we don't get closer than that. See Tobin evidence. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wrap this up. All right. Let's play the credits music. We are on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at Nancy Podcast, all those places. Our team is Matt Collette, Jeremy Bloom, Elizabeth D., Jenny Lawton, and Paula Schumann. Special thanks to Denise Bennett and the entire Work It production team. I'm Kathy Tu. I'm Tobin Lowe. And Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios. <laughs>